0: Transfer news
1: <claps> Unlikely
0: I, Hey, that's not what I wrote.
1: I don't really care, we're going with it now.
0: Alright, soccer, <laughs> soccer new bracket America Soccer New Black America Feature Persa do, 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 do Talking about soccer lots. Yeah, sure. Sing right along if you know the words and you'll probably make a better job of it than old noob does. Although person noob, you're great. Make no mistake. Far better singer than I ever was or could have ever dreamed of being. Hello and welcome to episode 83 of Soccer Noob Rock in America. Yes, they actually still let us put this out on the interwebs. Of course, you know that you found us and thanks for doing so. This is your first time. Here's what you're in for. We are a mini preview show worldwide. Despite our name, we are far from just America. We like to bring the world of soccer. To you, although we do tend to lean a little bit uh, American and then our region And then out to the far-flung corners Of the footy world Ten great matchups, usually top two matchups No matter the size of the country and league Big and small If a match is important where it's being played There's a pretty good chance that we're going to be Looking at it Joining me as always is my co-host Ten-year-old daughter, star of the show Person Noob. greet the fine folks Hello! Before we dive into the matches, let's take a cue, Person dude from what other shows uh, do and just have a little chat between the co-hosts. And you are my co-host, are you not?
1: Yes, I am. And
0: in fact, who's the star of the show for real?
1: Me. That's
0: right. A lot of people say that they would rather hear about you than uh, implicitly uh, hearing a lot about soccer from all over the world. And you know what? I am cool with that because you're a superstar in my book. So what are you up to today? What are you doing while Daddy's getting ready to record the show?
1: I'm playing Minecraft.
0: What's the best thing about Minecraft? What do you like about it?
1: That it's a sandbox game and that every single year we get a new update and that we're getting a lot of updates this year. And there's so much.
0: That's cool. Earlier I saw a very, very black screen with, with a white circle that appeared to just be a hole. And I didn't know what was that what, what that was about. Is that hole important? Is that what it was? Uh, Yeah. Okay. Well, I have just uh, four words for you then. Get in your hole.
1: And mine are your coal.
0: Oh, no. oh, we're turning into a poem. Okay, yes. I know that that's a reference to uh, because Daddy's partially colorblind until a recent update that made it a little easier. Coal was the only th- only thing I could really discern from a lot of the other stuff what it was, which meant I wasn't very good at Minecraft, was I?
1: No. no. It took you 15 minutes to get, to get across, like, I don't know, a 20-block river.
0: Gotcha. So other than uh, other than playing Minecraft and helping with the show, what big plans do you have for today?
1: I'm going to Miss Carol's birthday party.
0: Oh, Miss Carol, you're going to an adult's birthday party or is she a kid? Because the listeners don't know who she is.
1: Adult.
0: She's an adult. Yeah. Where do we know her from? Church. Church. That's right. And uh, do you think her kids are going to be there? Yep. Yep. And she's got a really extra cute little one, doesn't she? Mm -hmm. How How old is Mila?
1: Mila um just turned four.
0: Now, I don't know if you caught what Mommy said earlier or not, but do you know where your swimsuit is? Yeah. Did you hear why you're going to need it?
1: Because we're going to beat them the water guns.
0: Yep, water guns, maybe water balloons. That's going to be a good time, but it means missing out on something else today, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, what, what else did you get invited to do?
1: Reese's birthday party.
0: What were you going to do?
1: Oh, uh, we were going to go see the Bad Guys movie with a bunch of kindergartners and one fifth grader.
0: Yeah. That I I think that would a little bit a, a little bit strange but cool. I'm glad that the kindergartners look up to you older kids so much there at the school. Uh the Bad Guys you and I can go see that uh, sometime as well as mom, but I don't know a lot about the movie. Do you know a lot about what the movie is going to be? Yeah. What's it about?
1: It's about a bunch. It's like a snake and a shark and a spider, and I I don't know all the characters. And like they're gonna like do stuff and like go undercover. And the movie's gonna be about I think like how they like, do go undercover and stuff.
0: I'm oh, not sure. I see. Well, but it's a cartoon movie then. I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah, I got a thumbs up. Works well for an audio podcast. Good job. High five. Slap hands. Oh, <laughs> and nearly take down the person noob studio as it were. <laughs> It's it's okay. I don't know how much this extra soundproofing, quote unquote, really does. And uh, how is school going there? I'll ask you the generic question.
1: It's doing good.
0: What are you? Uh, what project did you just complete?
1: I had to make a board game made out of math.
0: Did you get to use soccer at all? Yeah, then I don't care. No, I'm just, (laughs) no, I'm kidding. I do care, but for only in a limited way right at this exact moment, since it's not, it was math related, wasn't it? Like geometry.
1: Yep, I did geometry and addition.
0: Is geometry your favorite subject or something else?
1: Yeah. Geometry's my favorite.
0: I can't tell if you're being sarcastic or not.
1: No, it is my favorite. It
0: is your favorite, really? Mm
1: -hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: What used to be your favorite? Science. Yeah. Because what's your favorite thing in Science.
1: My favorite thing in
0: science is everything. Everything. But there's been something you've been talking a lot about because your grandpa talks a lot about it and you really really like it, which I didn't know until fairly recently, just how big into it you were.
1: Space.
0: That's right. Your grandpa is into all things uh modern in history of space, uh ex- exploration and travel and programs and you are into that too. Yeah. We talked about the uh how the uh the new telescope is out there. Do you remember the name of it?
1: No.
0: The big new one is the Webb Telescope. You and I can look at some images online. I've been seeing, even on uh, soccer Twitter, I've been seeing a lot of people use a picture. Uh, uh, enhanced, uh, It's color enhanced, but of a, of a giant black hole. That's pretty cool. Getting Get in your black hole.
1: Dark matter.
0: <laughs> and mine your dark matter? Yeah, that doesn't rhyme.
1: I don't...
0: Well, person, I'm glad to uh, spend a few minutes with you and help everybody get you to know a little bit better. Do you think that uh, we should jump into the soccer now, that they're just begging for the previews? Sure. Yeah, okay, now I know that (laughs) That was sarcastic.
1: And just be ready for my dad to die because he didn't breathe for 30 minutes talking about soccer.
0: Thanks, son. Kisses. Love you. Watch him die. And you know what? I think we've said all that we have to say about that, other than to let you know that these matches are from Friday, May 6th, running through Thursday, May 12th. Friday to Thursday is our soccer week. With no more gilding of the lily, let us jump right in with... Match number one! And now we start our jet-setting trek across the globe. Uh, Pilot Abby, uh, do you have any instructions for the passengers before we take off?
1: Put on your seatbelts. Make sure everything's up, because we're going to take off in three, two, one, Vroom.
0: Vroom. And where are we headed first?
1: Morocco, Africa.
0: That's right. It is the uh, CAF. That's the African Confederation. They are having their Champions League right now. It is the semifinals. The match we're going to be talking about is part of a home-and-away two-legged tie between YDAD AC and Petro de Luanda. YDAD is the one from Morocco, which is the country that you're going to help us learn a little bit about. And then Petro de Luanda, also known as Atletico Petro, uh, they are in the nation of Angola. Now, uh, usually we look for the more competitive of the two semifinals. The same is true here, actually, but unfortunately, the leg, uh, for us leg one of both of them uh, didn't leave a dr- lot of drama. This is actually the closer match. All alien beat somebody four to nil uh, in the first match. dad won on the road one to three, and now they're at home. It would take a minor miracle, to be honest, for Petro de Luanda to. Uh, you know, uh, make a comeback here But it is the more likely of the two scenarios And that's what we are going to talk about First, let's talk about where the country is going Or uh, the country that is going to be hosted in Morocco Now, uh, you've got a special study tool for geography Don't you, person? Yeah What is it?
1: It's a scientific study Science
0: globe. A scientific science globe. That's a good way to put that. And uh, what did you learn about Morocco? While I was prepping for the soccer, uh, what what geographic or other fact did you discover about Morocco that you can pass on to the listeners?
1: That the highest point in Morocco is the Jebel Tukar mountain, I think. I don't
0: know if it's about Well, wow. I wouldn't have any idea, but the way you pronounced it with a special accent there tells me that you know what you're talking about. And is this the country in the north or the south of Africa? Uh, Like the north. Yep, way up in the north. And now we'll talk a little bit about the clubs. The first one is Wydad. Now, Wydad is an Arabic word that actually means, and sometimes it's wedad, it means love or more specifically sincere affection. So not necessarily romantic love. It doesn't have a direct uh, translation in English, but you know what else is cool about that name? It is um, many, many decades ago when they were looking for a name for this club, the one that they decided on, there was an actress of all places from Egypt, not Morocco, who one of the board members just loved. And even though it wasn't her real name, she went under uh, Wydad as her first name. I can't remember what she used for her uh, film and singing career last name, but uh, she was just so uh, breathtaking and amazing and talented that for some reason they decided to name the club after This singer, I can't think of any other club in the whole world that's named after a singer. We are always after the unique here on Team Noob. And you know what? That makes it my favorite club just for no other reason. It's probably my favorite club in all of Africa. Because it's the only one named after a singer It's kind of cool Now they are not known as the singers They are known as the Red Castle Uh, This was uh, founded by seven men This club that were in the National Independence Movement back during colonial times Uh, Originally The club was only to play one sport Water polo not soccer. And the whole reason that they decided to form this club was because it made an excuse to get the French uh, authorities and other people in charge to let the local Moroccans in colonial times actually use the public swimming pools. So they tricked them into letting them get to use to swim around in the water. Pretty smart huh, Pnoop. Nodding silently it sure is uh, This team is one of the powerhouses of Africa They've got 21 league titles 41 of those in the last decade They've also won this event twice The Champions League most recently in 2017 They qualified for this year's Iteration as the champions Of the top flight in Morocco Which is the Batola Pro And that league by the way is ranked in Africa as number one on the Entire continent so this is Definitely your favorite Uh Best indication of how they're doing on the year. Let's look at the stats and standings for the 2021-22 ongoing Batolta Pro. Uh, has the number have the number one offense going, although it's not a super high-scoring league. Only, they're only scoring one and a half goals per match. They've got a top three defense, good for over, num, number one overall goal differential. This is a team that is going to be there next year and uh, almost certainly perennially. Uh, Key player to look for Number one league scorer for them With 16 on the season Is Guy Mbenza He is from Republic of Congo Forward Just 22 years old If you're wondering If a guy that talented Has the attention of Europe Well uh Yeah, you're already a step behind, as was I. He's actually on loan from uh, Antwerp, I believe, over in Belgium. Sometimes I get my Netherlands and my uh, Belgian clubs confused. In any case, he's also already earned eight national team caps since 2017. And then they've got the number one goalkeeper in the league in terms of uh, clean sheets, Ahmed, Reda, uh, Tegnaudi. Team's current form, they are unbeaten in their last 11. That's across all competitions They've won three straight matches with a 7-1 goal differential. Uh, Likely your roadkill in waiting today. Uh, Good on them for getting this far. Uh, Luanda, that is the capital of the country of Angola, by the way. They have won 15 domestic titles. It's been over a decade since they've done it, though, 2009. This is also the farthest into the Champions League they have ever gotten, Uh, but it really has been building on their last two years, making the group stage proper in this event. They qualified by finishing as the runners-up in the 2020-2021. I never know if it's Girabola or Girabola. I think it's a hard G, but in any case, that's their top-flight league. And its it's got a good ranking, just not compared to Morocco. They're ranked number seven in Africa, and it is up three from a year ago. So thanks to uh, Petro de Luanda and a couple other teams in the league, it is on the rise. They've got the number one offense by lots at almost two-and-a-half Goals per match going and then they're tied for the second best defense they've allowed just over a goal on average every other match uh, Number one event scorer in terms of goals is Tiago Azulau. He's a Brazilian forward uh, Between two different times playing here You'd have to be a, a Greek fan Maybe to recognize his name He played for, uh, or no, I'm sorry, not Greek But rather uh, Cypriot from the nation of Cyprus He played for Olympiakos Nicosia Team's current form They are 1-1-1 and in their last three They haven't been able to keep a clean sheet Again, I very much doubt They're going to be able to make a comeback here But this is the more dramatic Of the two semifinals being played this week Match number B. And now we return from Africa for Major League Soccer action on Saturday. By the way, that first match was a Friday match. The next several will be Saturday ones. This match number B, which, by the way, you heard right. Number two, Ugh, I hate even saying it, bathroom talk. Match number B, Major League Soccer. Instead of looking at two teams near the top, and there were great matches all over the place, I think the most intriguing one, because it has to do with teams right around the playoff cutoff line, is... Number eight, Houston Dynamo. They are playing host to number six, Nashville SC. Here's how the table looks at the time of scouting this. Uh, Houston trailed number seven, Minnesota United. That's the cutoff line for the playoffs by two. Nashville, in turn, they lead Minnesota by one. So they're only uh, uh, probably about 30% of the way through the season. Everything's still fairly tight. You can catch this particular match on ESPN Plus, 8.30 in the evening Eastern Time. We will talk about the hosts, as always, first, the Orange Crush, who have two league titles under their belts. 2008 was the last time they won it. Uh, Here in the modern Champions League era, basically 2008 and on, Uh, The best finish that they've done is the quarterfinals. They've made it that far multiple times, including their last CCL appearance, which was in 2019. Last year, there was no soup for them in terms of playoffs whatsoever. They finished uh, number 13. Basically, all the teams in Texas finished in last. And somehow, Houston, I think, even managed to finish below the expansion Austin side. Wow. This year, they're looking somewhat better. Uh, they've got the fifth best offense going in the league. They average 1.2 goals per game. Uh, the defense is uh, very much a problem for them. They've uh, only got a top 10. Uh, that's good for uh, tied for number seven overall in goal differential. My prediction is that this is a team that's going to remain in this part of the table, float right around that playoff line uh, for the next uh, three or so months. Key players to look for: their team leading scorer is Carlos. Darwin Quintero, Colombian attacking midfielder, a veteran, 34 years old. Uh, Liga MX fans will know him very well. He spent the heart of his career with uh, Santos Laguna and uh, Club de America. And then he was with Minnesota United. The best player I think that they have going overall, though, is Fabrice Picall. He is their uh, left winger, another veteran, just over 30 years old. He's just got two goals and one assist on the year, but he's not... Missing a lot of shooting accuracy is very high he's usually on target and he's an excellent dribbler Which you really need out of a winger of course, but perhaps most importantly he is tracking back solidly on defense Now if he could just get some other people to follow suit team's current form uh, They have lost three straight momentum not on their side just a two and six goal differential nashville Coming to town, they are in their fifth year of existence They had a couple years in the USL The USL Championship Before joining Major League Soccer Last year they finished third place In the Eastern Conference And they made the conference semifinals In terms of the playoffs uh, This year pretty well balanced They've got a just slightly above average offense Their defense is a little bit better They don't even allow a goal per match But it's a very defensively oriented conference So far this year That really only puts them in the top uh, half of the league or so And they've got the sixth best overall goal differential This is a team I think will make the playoffs But I'm not sure is set up for a deep run Looking to disagree with me on on that last fact, I'm sure, amongst others Is Haney Mukhtar He is their best player overall And on the League Assist leaderboard German midfielder They came up with uh, Hertha Berlin SC uh, Last club he was with uh, He was working on some European pedigree He was with Brondby over in Denmark uh, Benfica had the rights to him early in career That's one of the big three over in Portugal But he just made one appearance For them, to be honest And then team-leading scorer With three on the season so far Is Charles Sapong Who they got on a free transfer So what a deal so far He's their center forward, veteran, 33 years old uh, Pretty much has been an MLS lifer Spent the heart of his career with Sporting Kansas City and Philadelphia Union Team's current form, they are 1-1-1 in their last three This really looks to be an exciting match that you don't want to miss Match number three Another Saturday match And this time we're headed over to Europe Yeah, we're already hitting our third continental confederation of the show Finland, on the women's side of things, where the league is called the uh, Kansalinen Liga, if I'm getting the pronunciation right, it is not super highly regarded amongst the women's uh, European leagues. It's a summer league. Uh, They're just ranked number 26 on the continent, but we go anywhere the drama is. And when we're more than five matches into the season and it's tied at the top of the table, that's pretty much a gimme. That's a layup that P-Noob and me are going to be there. Uh, this league, since the ranks ranked number 26, only gets one Champions League berth for a team, and that team has to start back in the qualifying round. Your matchup is number B, PK35, Varna. There's another team that's just called PK35, so don't <laughs> get them confused. And they are playing host to number one, KUPS. Both teams are perfect on the air. Six wins, no draws or losses. KUPS are really the dominant team in this country. They're already up by 19 on goal differential. Yeah. After just six matches, this is uh, not going to be a race for very long unless Varna really decide to surprise, but, we're not going to talk anymore about those two particular teams because this is the time of show that we invite in our 3,500-year-old prognosticator, Noobstradamus, to help us know how it is that we should gamble on this. Because let's face it, college is just getting more and more expensive, and i got to pay for this for p somehow, and I don't think I'm going to be able to do it just by running a podcast. So, how is this going to go? Do you have a drug-addled or drug-aided vision for us, O oh, mighty soothsayer?
2: Greetings from the merciless Thracian plains of Greece. Tis I come to divine for you a soccer score, a little smoked herb, a downed can of fresca, And I travel once again through space and time. Whee! I awaken my vision to bone chilling cold, though it is clearly springtime. Never ending forests surround me, and lakes too, not long since thawed. The sturdy horse wickering beneath me, I can tell, by lines and sturdiness, is a Finnish horse, ideal for the long, slow trot I sense I've been doing. Soon, we arrive at a tented site, fire ring and simple supplies in good order. If there's one thing I like more than pony trekking in Finland, it is camping. Anywhere else, I just sleep under a tree on my travels, or as an honored guest in a wayside home. The pale sun sets on the breathtaking landscape. Time for hot tea and watching my battery-powered television. Pesile is on tonight, an animated show about Helsinki police that would fit perfectly on your fox in the US, noob. But now I see a family party approaching from the near lake, and as they see me, They begin dancing around daintily. No, not again. Every time I've been here in real life, some outdoorsy family tries to set me up with their daughter in the traditional Scandinavian way. Fish schlapping. This group carries herring, arctic char, and good night. A swollen giant pike. It must weigh at least 20 kilos. I stand paralyzed as the young women wallop me in my holy noggin. I black out, the vision fading. Noob, I was the visitor here, and most decidedly lost to the twenty kilo fish. I prognosticate the visiting side will lose two to nil. I have seen, and I have spoken. Match Match number number four!
0: Finland, Finland, Finland. It's the country where I want to be. Hey, that got weird, but you know what? Mighty Python, if you know, you know. All right, but nevertheless, we will escape the weirdness. Match number four, another Saturday match. Let's get back to the U.S. where things are a little bit more familiar. No fish slapping involved. In the Western Conference in the USL Championship between number three, San Diego Loyal, and number one, Colorado Springs. Now, this year, things are set up exactly the same there in the second division as they are for Major League Soccer. Uh, Instead of doing divisions, there are four divisions. There are now just the two conferences, East and West. Top seven teams from each of the two conferences go to the playoffs. The winners from each of the conferences, they will get a buy into the quarterfinals. Taking a glance at the table, Colorado Springs uh, leads second place San Antonio by three, and then San Diego trailed them in turn by one. You can catch this on ESPN Plus at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. San Diego Loyal. This is a uh, p- perhaps a favorite team for those who are USMNT Loyalists, as it is coached by former U.S. National Superstar Landon Donovan, a club that was founded just two years ago. Uh, last year, they finished third in their division. That was uh, good for number six overall out west, and they made the conference quarterfinals for the playoffs. This year, offense is very much the strength. Uh, they're scoring over two goals per match and are second best in the conference in that regard. Uh, the defense is, uh, what would be the proper technical word? Uh, ickier. They're down near the bottom of the entire conference in defense. Not good. It's, uh, overall, they've got the number five goal differential. This is a playoff team. Question is, can Landon Donovan really shore up anything on the back end there? where Maybe he's just a touch less familiar, given that he was an offensive player. Key players to look for, tied for number one in league scoring, not just the conference, is Kyle Vassell. He is an English-born guy who reps for Northern Ireland, plays striker. Most of his career has been with non-Premier League English clubs. And then tied for number one in assists in the league is... Tumi Moshobane from South Africa, a midfielder. Uh, he's been a journeyman in the U.S. for uh, pretty much his entire career. Uh, not with Major League Soccer teams. In fact, this is the highest that he has ever been in terms of divisions in the U.S. Uh, their form in the last three matches: one, one, and one. And now Colorado Springs, the Switchbacks. Last year, third place in their division, number five out in the West, so pretty much right on par. With what the Loyal did, they also fell out of the playoffs At the conference quarterfinal stage uh, This is the, That was the best that they have ever done in terms of the playoffs uh, Since all the way back in their first two years When it was just the USL Before the tiers got changed up and it was the USL championship they are very well balanced and I think will make a run continue to make well, I say make a run, they're already on top, but top three offense, top three defense, number one goal differential. It's one thing to have it now. It's hard to maintain that for an entire season, but they really look like they've got the goods. On the scoring leaderboard for the entire league is Mishi and from the Democratic Republic of Congo. Winger, 22 years old, and yes, LAFC fans, you are recognizing that name. He was on loan there for part of last year. Tied for number one in league assists is Haji Barry from the African nation of Guinea, Plays forward. He's mostly been a non-Major League Soccer level USA journeyman, and then tied for second best in terms of clean sheets at the goalkeeping position, Jeff Caldwell, just excellent. Uh, NYC and uh, New England Revolution have both had the rights on him, but he hasn't made any apps, for, uh, any appearances for either team. Their current form: three straight wins with a very impressive eight and two goal differential. I think they're going to be able to get at least a draw out of this match. Match number five. Back to Europe we go yet again this time for the last matches in Germany's Bundesliga at the top flight where this weekend number three Leverkusen is taking on number five Freiburg essentially with a Champions League berth in the balance. sort of I'll explain Leverkusen. No real drama for them. They're going to finish in the third position in the league and go to the Champions League no matter what happens. So, side note, it'll be interesting to see if they're playing a lot of starters or giving a lot of uh, younger players and reserves a shot. Uh, that would very much be to the benefit of Freierberg, who trailed number 4 Leipzig for the last Champions League berth that comes out of the Bundesliga by two points and a whole mess of goal differential. So, essentially, The deal is this. If Freiburg want to get into the Champions League instead of the Europa League, they have to win today. And Leipzig must lose. If they only manage to draw unless Freiburg were to win this game by an unthinkable number of goals, think double digits or something like this, uh, then that's going to leave Leipzig in and Freiburg out. Uh, the series between these two in recent years, Leverkusen, has had the best of it with a 10-8-5 record accrued. Freiburg won when they played earlier this season. When they hosted, it went 2-1 to in their favor. You can catch this at 9.30 a.m. on Saturday, ESPN plus Leverkusen interesting team. They're not one of the favorite teams around Germany. and I'm not sure that's entirely fair. First of all, they strive for a very clean and family friendly experience. That is not to say that their history is devoid of uh, ultras or maybe even some hooliganism, but it's uh, not nearly as stark as necessarily with a lot of other clubs in their history. Nevertheless, a lot of Germans call this a plastic team, Because instead of being a true grassroots team like they really want to be known for all around the country This is a team uh, that was founded as a company team for the Bayer Pharmaceutical uh, Company and Corporation But you know what, there are a lot of teams that have their origins at least as company teams So I personally, and maybe it's just because I'm American and don't get it But well, I don't quite get it, I think Leverkusen is just fine They've never won the league title, but they are the five-time runners-up in the league. Last time was at the end of the 2010 season. Uh, They did once manage to win what is now known as the Europa League. That was back in 1987-88. In 2001-2002, they were the runners-up in the Champions League, as you would imagine, best they've ever done there. This year, they got to the Europa League round of 16 before they lost to Atalanta out of Italy's Serie A. So a really fine season for them last year and this year. And, you know, they're going to the Champions League again, so good for them. Last year, they were only in sixth place. That's why they were in the Europa League. Uh, this year, they've really made their improvements on offense. They're scoring over two goals per match and are top three in that regard. To that end, uh, second-best league scorer in all of Germany is Patrick Schick from the Czech Republic forward. You might remember him for the 2020 Euros. He helped the Czech Republic onto a really amazing and unexpected run into the quarterfinals. It was just so fun to watch. Uh, he's earned 33 national team caps for himself since 2016 and has also played for uh, Roma and Sampdoria over in Serie A. So he's had a good career. Tied for number three in the assist of the league is Moussa Diaby, a French winger 22 years old. Came up with PSG and even played for them very Briefly I believe the 2018 2019 season he is Looking to leave Leverkusen this summer and Really get paid off now You might be thinking well it came up with PSG That's probably where he's headed far From necessarily so Transfer rumors being what they are, I wouldn't bet any money on anything. But right now, Arsenal and the Premier League look to be the best bet to get his employee soon. Teams form, they have won three straight with an eight and one goal differential. If they start a lot of their starters, uh, they're going to do very well against Freiburg. Uh, Freiburg, by the way, is a town that is in the far southwest of the country. Just a quarter million people there. Uh, if it's famous uh, for anything, it's probably as being uh, the entry point, if you will, from a tourism standpoint to the Black Forest. So if you ever take a vacation and they're going to do that in the south of Germany, Freiburg, is a pretty good chance that that's where you're starting out from. Uh, Most of this club's history They've been a yo-yo team Bouncing back and forth between the top two divisions Nevertheless, they've been to the Europa League Four different times Most recent appearance was in 2017-18 They've made the group stage Just once, I believe That was 2013-14 Other than that, they dropped out in the qualifying rounds Uh, They are top five in all of their Statistical categories Uh, Particularly offensively They're just not in the same class as the top four There's a real gulf in that regard Nevertheless, top ten in assists, Christian Gunter, who is a left back. As you know, I always like seeing guys on the defensive side of things, uh, working upfield and getting into those stats. And uh, some of that is probably familiarity. He has spent his entire senior career with this club, which I think is, uh, you know, probably right about a decade or something huge, long time. Tied for number one in clean sheets in the league is their goalkeeper from the Netherlands, Mark. Flecken, who just got his first two national teams caps last year, so congratulations to him on that. Team's current form, well, just when they're really needing uh, to rise up to the pressure, they got wrecked by Union Berlin, which is not that strong a team, quite frankly. Uh, One to four, yes, it was a road match, but that's still really bad this late in the season. And unfortunately for them, that snapped a five-match unbeaten streak Streak and is why they are in such a precarious position for being able to potentially climb into the top four. Those darn cats sleep like, what, 28 hours a day or something out of 24, but they wake up and they've got to start demanding a recap from me of last week's matches? All right, fine. Before you drift off again, kiddies, here you go. Last week, match number one was a Saturday match from Major League Soccer. Number one in the West LAFC took on number one in the East Philadelphia Union, and they played to an exciting 2-2 draw. They both maintained their grips on the top of their respective conferences. Match number B from the Championnat Nacional in Benino was the last match of the regular season number two uh Bufles took on number three dynamo abome and the result was a nil nil draw and that was what the folks at De jeffa wanted to see because even if they didn't win their last game and i don't know whether or not they did it means that they are your league champions and congratulations to them on getting to the african champions league match number three from the nwsl challenge cup final north carolina they took care of washington spirit at their place 2-1. to one. Sunday, match number four. Number four, Atletico Madrid took on number one, Real Madrid in the derby for that city, and it was an Atletico Madrid win. A little bit of a surprise, even though they were at home. 1-0. They had more at, on the line, to be perfectly honest, though. Man of the match possibility, we said to look for Yannick Carrasco, he had the goal, and Jan Oblick. Their goalkeeper, who has been struggling a lot this year, was their man of the match. No change in the table. Atletico Madrid really needed those three points, all but guaranteed themselves, I believe, to get to the Champions League next year with that victory. Match number five from Belgium's first Division A, the top flight. Number one, Union Saint-Gilois taking on the the, the club, Bruggie. And it was your traditional powerhouse of more more recent years. Club Bruggie taking down the number one side, nil two. Uh, Club now lead them by three on goal differential. They are tied on points in the table in one of the best European races out there. Match number six from Cyprus's first division, where there were just a couple matches left in the season. We had number one Apollon Limassol taking on number B, Apoel Nicosia, and it was a shootout. Limassol won three to two, and congratulations to them on winning a berth into the Champions League. That means that they will win the league. I believe they are four points up on the field now. Match number seven was the Armenia FA Cup final. We had them in France, Northern Ireland, Slovakia, Gibraltar, and Qatar. And this is the one that we wanted to look at, and it was Noravank. The Cinderella team coming out on top, 2 0. To that team's only been around for a couple of years. Uh, Tuesday, match number eight from the Canadian Championship, the preliminary round of their FA Cup. Guelph United from the third tier played host to HFX Wanderers and took it on the nose, 0 2. HFX Wanderers will get to play, I believe, Toronto FC next round. Match Match number nine for the U.S. Open Cup round of 32. That is our FA Cup. We had two Tier 3 teams we looked at. Union Omaha and Northern Colorado Hailstorm. Both out of USL League 1. It was the home team, Omaha, coming out on top 2-0. Congratulations to them. Getting to the round 16 is a fairly professional team. That's awesome. Thursday, match number 10 from the Premier League. England, number 5, Tottenham Hotspur. Boo! Taking on number 4, Arsenal. And it was Tottenham who were... Booing everyone else, including me, I guess. They won in a rout, 3-0. Uh, no change in the table position, but now that leaves Tottenham only one point behind Arsenal for that fourth and final Champions League berth coming out of the league. And now your bonus matches with explanations on the names coming later. Sunday's round of the Week, you chose something from the, boot, the Frauen Bundesliga of Germany, the women's top flight. Number 12, FC Carl Zeiss Gena took on number one BFL Wolfsburg. If you could even say they took them on, they did score once, but they gave up 10. Ouch. You picked correctly, New Bites. Uh, for Wolverhampton, uh, Galway's had to look for Tabea Wasworth. She did have the 8th goal. Not a real meaningful one, but she did get it. The most meaningless match of the world. We had one from the Trinidad and Tobago Ascension Invitational Tournament. Number 4, Kudupia took on number 5, Deportivo, Deportivo PF. And it was the visitors coming out on top. 0-2. No changing table position, as is appropriate for the most meaningless match each and every week. And then finally, your match of Disappointed from the Premier League in Syria. Last match of the season between two teams that were long since hopelessly, mathematically relegated. Number 14, Afrin, taking on number 13, Malware. They played once again appropriately to a 1-1 draw because nobody ever gets to really win. The match of Disappointed. No change, season over, down to the second level with you two egg-sucking teams. <laughs> and that concludes your recap of last week's matches. Now let's dive right back into the upcoming week's matches with match number six. Now Europe is not the only place where the season is winding down. The same is true for some of the nations in Africa, such as where we're heading next to league a of Burundi. Now I'll be honest. This isn't one of the most important leagues in the world or even in Africa. In fact, they only rank about two thirds of the league associations in Africa. The others from what I gather just don't get enough international play to really Uh, Have a credible or meaningful uh, rating nevertheless if you want a great race this is going to be one to watch for on your computer or by listening to this show I will do a recap next week now as is the case for virtually all of the leagues in Africa even though they're unranked the winner does go to the Champions League nobody else goes anywhere else to get into the secondary tournament you have to win the FA Cup this is the last match weekend of the season One we're going to look at is number one, Atletico Olympic. They are taking on number three, Flambeau de Center. Now the table really critical here. Olympic. uh, They have uh, 52 points plus 14 goal differential. Probably your favorite heading into the season, at least probably what I would have thought was the best of these three from what very little I knew about it. Bumamaru, 51 points, Identical goal differential, and then Flambeau de centre your visitors today, fifty points plus fifteen goal differential and remember there are no prizes for second place. it is win and get into the champions League. Or nothing else matters. Let's take a quick look at the teams first. I'll be honest, I have a limited amount on each of these. After all, it is an unranked league in Africa, but we are going to learn what we can. Atletico Olympic, they play out of the city of Bujumbura, uh, which was the capital until somewhat recently historically. It is the main port city and the economic hub still of the entire nation. Uh, Starting in 2018, they started to move the capital away, and the plans to do that went back a decade. It was getting back, moved back to the geographic center of the country to a city called uh, Jitega, which uh, I believe I'm getting the pronunciation right if they pronounce it the French way there. In any case, footy-wise, they have won two league titles. Last one was 10 years ago. Uh, They have made one Champions League appearance and one Confederations Cup. That's the secondary tournament in Africa, but both times they were uh, right out in the preliminary round. Last year, they finished in just 12th place out of 16. So this is really rarefied air for them. They have their defense to thank for it. Yeah, the defense is top five, but they're uh, they're number one in giving up goals. They've only done so 20 times in 29 matches. Team's current form, really not sure what to expect from these guys. They won two straight games on low-scoring shutouts, but that was right after losing two straight high-scoring matches. So... Maybe I'm overthinking it Maybe it's as simple as if they can control the pace And keep the score low They're going to be fine If they give up the first goal Maybe they're going to be in trouble Even at home and to flambeau de center they play out of that new capital city of Jutega. they have never won the league title last year though they did finish in third place they're very well balanced this year with the top three offense and defense form in their last three they are two oh and one again even though this isn't the biggest league in the world i can't wait to start following these scores on saturday match number seven We flip the calendar page to Sunday, and we head south to Mexico, but not for the men's or women's top flight playoffs, believe it or not. We are going to get into that starting next week. But this week, Sunday, it is the time for us to celebrate the second leg of the two-legged tie in the Clausura stage for the men's second division. They're going to be hoisting the trophy, somebody will, in the Liga de Expansión. Up until this year, it was known as Liga Ascenso. It's still basically the same thing, the second division, but the FAs taking a greater hand in the organization, moved some teams around. There's been some uh, financial trouble in the second division down there, and they're really trying to get that shored up. In any case, somebody's going to get a trophy, Atletico Morelia, They're going to play host to Sonora. Uh, The first leg got played to a nil-nil draw. By the way, a little side note, there is no promotion right now between Liga MX and the second division. For a while, unofficially, there, quote-unquote, could have been, depending on a number of circumstances being met. But those circumstances were never met. Right now, the FA has simply said, we need to stabilize this by keeping everybody where they put them. So they're not going to introduce it for at least five more years from what I have read. And even then, I suspect it will only be loosely considered. In any case, let us talk about Morelia first They are known as the Canaries Morelia is in the central part of the country It's a metro of just under a million people overall uh, It's a big tourist center That's the biggest uh, chunk of their economy In fact, whether you like outdoor stuff They've got a lot of natural reserves uh, Rock climbing is huge here Or if you're big into architecture The entire city is a UNESCO is a, a UNESCO. Uh, Preservation site because of all the preserved uh, colonial architecture Unfortunately uh, in recent years hasn't been the greatest time to visit there The cartels have a heavy influence So uh, this is an area that's not doing quite as well as it could economically Uh, Summer of 2020, uh, the Liga MX Club from uh, from Morelia moved to Mazatlan And people there were not really happy. And so, uh, Morelia, they did not get an MLS franchise back in return. They got this one instead. I'm sure that they're hoping down the road that that will change, but time will tell. Uh, Nevertheless, they carry the uh, the stats and all that other stuff historically from the original Morelia Liga MX Top Flight Club. Uh, They've only ever won one stage title. In the Liga MX level, and that was in 2000. They've even played in the CONCACAF Champions League. They finished in second place, in fact, in uh, 2002 and 2003. Uh, This year in the Apertura stage, they finished in third place and made the quarterfinals. Uh, This year in the regular season, they finished in fourth place, which was just good enough to get a bye straight into the quarterfinals. Uh, The stats, this is a team that is – I was going to say all offense, they're averaging at one and a half goals per game, but that's very good. But really, this is a, an incredibly closely knit stat-wise uh, league. They're only ranked number 12 in defense, yet if they'd given up four fewer goals on the year, they would probably be uh, the best in the league. So everything's very tight. It makes it a lot of fun to watch and keep track of all the ups and downs uh, within the regular season table. Came in to look for it. Number four scorer in the league is Jesus Ramirez. He is from Venezuela. 24 year old striker. He's on loan here from Coquimbo. Unido. I have a feeling that he's not going to be on European radars. This is just a little bit too low a level and Coquimbo isn't a big enough club. He will probably make his hey eventually uh, down in the South American leagues or maybe even Liga MX. Uh, by the way, they advanced to the final uh, by beating Atlante 1-0 on aggregate over a home and away two-legged tie. Uh, Their current form, they are unbeaten in their last seven. And yet, interesting to know, only two of those were wins. They have not been able to get over the hump and have just been drawing teams. Can they do it at home? Sonoro would say no. They are known as the Cimarrones, which the translation that I found was feral goats. I have a feeling that's more like just wild goats. Feral would be pretty funny, though. They're also known as the Maroons. There might even be a word similarity there, but my Spanish was never quite that good. Uh, They play in the Sonora State, hence the name, and they play out of the city of uh, Hermosillo in the northwest part of the country. It's almost a million people strong population-wise in the metro now, and it is growing. The auto industry right now there is absolutely huge, and is considered a very livable city. They don't apparently seem to have the same cartel problems that a lot of the cities uh, towards the northern part of the country do. Getting into the footy, the Apertura stage, they finished in eighth place. Uh, Just like in Liga MX, the top 12 made the playoffs. But their preliminary round that they call the uh, reclassification round, that is where Sonora lost. Uh, They were actually a third division team until 2015. For some reason, I just sort of figured that this was an area that was big enough that they'd always had at least a Division II club, but apparently not. Uh, This year in the regular season, they had the sixth best offense was all their bread got buttered on defense. They were second best in that regard, one of only two teams allowing fewer than one goal per match. Key man to look for, Todd, for number one in league scoring, believe it or not, so apparently he does the lion's share of the entire team scoring, is Oscar Villa, one of their forwards, and he has been here for his entire senior career all the way since 2011. Match number eight. And it is FA Cup time, and as often happens this time of year, we can simply not decide between all the various FA Cups. There are FA Cup finals going on in England, of course, uh, both the men's and the women's side. Uh, Bulgaria, Malta, the Czech Republic, Romania and in all of them uh, You can get a Europa Conference League Or a Europa League berth out of those Depending on how big your soccer country is I simply couldn't decide when I have a soccer philosophical conundrum Like that, I turn to Person I wish she was here uh, To tell us why she picked this particular one Because it was a funny reason To me anyway, but it was one she honed on Right away, she picked Switzerland out of the bunch. That was I didn't mention it, but that was the one I left out. Their final is going to be between Lugano and St. Gallen. These are two teams that are in the middle of the Super League standings, by the way. Uh, Lugano is just high enough this late in the season. They could still get a Europa Conference League berth on their own, but St. Gallen cannot. So if, if they're going to get to international play, They have got to win this particular final. Now, the reason that Person Noob went with this one, she's already stepped off for her birthday party, so I have to fill in for this, is because there's a YouTuber that uh, she has told me is from there named azzy land that she really really likes now we try to keep our eyes on on what uh, what our daughter watches on the internet of course and i'm really glad that uh, i i don't know what this person is really about i know that she has uh, an affiliation with a i think a bigger name youtuber named mr beast who does stunts but i don't think that's her thing but i do know that in january she was part of a collective of youtubers that uh in january that went to try to raise 30 million dollars for Uh, the Ocean Conservatory, and then an event called the Ocean Cleanup. I don't know if they got there or not, but I'm just glad that she is. uh, Hopefully the fact that this YouTuber is involved with this means that my daughter is watching uh, good, reasonably wholesome things, because I'm not familiar with that particular one. But anyway, she picked Switzerland immediately because this is one of her favorites. But that is all that we are going to learn about as land That is all that we are going to learn about these two particular teams, because this is also the time of podcast that we take a time out to learn something about the culture of the area where the match is being hosted. And by culture, I usually mean food. And that is the case this time. I am a big cheese fan. I can't imagine anybody isn't. And Switzerland is where you can go to get the finest. But I thought, what would be the opposite of studying Swiss cheese with all those holes? And I found a very interesting one by name and learned a little bit about it. There's no recipe involved with this one, but I think you'll still have fun. The one we're going to look at is in French called uh, tete du moine, which means monk's head cheese. It has no holes in it at all. In fact, you don't slice it. You scrape this uh, in very, very uh, thin uh, uh, roller-shaped pieces, if you will. Now, this type of cheese was invented more than 800 years ago. They know it was specifically in an abbey in the Burmese. I don't know if it's pronounced Jura or Jura. But in any case, it's in the Alps west side. It's the French speaking part of the Canton of Bern, although this abbey is no longer an abbey. It is now a psych ward. Crazy cheese, that's what I might have called it eventually. Uh, the name of this cheese might come from a couple of different sources. Some people say that when the French were there the, in the late 1700s, the occupation soldiers soldiers made fun of the way you kind of had to shave the cheese off into very uh, thin, broad, and long pieces, and that it was like a monk getting his head shaved into the tonsure. And then another one, it said that the name might also refer to simply the number of cheeses that were stored at the cloister per monk. I gathered that they would sell others, but they always wanted to have a certain allotment there on hand, and that's how they decided how many to keep for themselves. Cheese has a. This particular cheese has a really interesting history in that it was used by tenant farmers in this area uh, as payment to landowners. They didn't have money. It could figure in illegal settlements. Uh, It was often, uh, it must be a very good cheese, it was offered as a gift to the prince, bishops of the city of Basel, and it even just served as straight-up currency. They would use it as money. I found that absolutely fascinating. And it wasn't this and a bunch of other cheeses, it was this specific one. It's made out of unpasteurized whole cow's milk, and then very specifically, I don't know the why, but once it's, uh, once it's ready to uh, sit, you keep it on a spruce board to ripen. It has to specifically be spruce for 10 weeks. There are fewer than 10 dairies now uh, that make it over there. Uh, the consumption was boosted a while ago when it got uh, famous with uh, when it became a little bit easier. To scrape, there was the invention of the R G I R G-I-R-O-L-L-E, in 1982. Stuck this like metal or plastic access into the center of the cheese, and it had a uh, laying bre- breadthwise a uh, thin blade, and then you would turn the whole apparatus on a lazy susan that surrounded it and it could scrape the cheese off to the size and length that you wanted so once it became a little easier to do that the cheese got a lot more popular and the reason that they shaved this mostly instead of slicing is because it allows more oxygen uh to surface ratio it allows all the odors uh, to escape makes it a very very tasty cheese it is dense it is smooth it's uh i don't want to say it's mild i've had it it's a uh, buttery and a little bit savory it pairs well with anything you're going to serve uh from a brown ale if you're using something in a meal to if you're having a tray you could do this with a dry white champagne but i hope you will uh Check it out at your uh, maybe not grocery store. You might have to go at least to like a Whole Foods or a Trader Joe's, but check out Monk's Head Cheese for yourself, Tete Du Moines.
1: Match number
0: nine. New bites, if I may affectionately refer to you as such, you get Monday off, as is often the case, as some of a somewhat of a light day worldwide for soccer, and we will reconvene on Tuesday for match number nine, get together to take a look at the Copa Libertadores. It is in the group stage. In fact, it is the second to last matches of the group stage going on at this round right now. Uh, All the teams that are left in this event have been divided into groups of four. They're playing a six match double round Robin. The top two are going to advance And then the third place teams are going to drop down to the Copa Sud Americana, which is a secondary tournament that is very much the equivalent, uh, if you will, of the Europa League in Europe. Group B looks like the most dramatic one. Things are very, very close from top to bottom. Let's take a look at it. Uh, Libertad out of Paraguay have seven points. The Strongest, yes, that's the name of a club. Uh, You get a lot of adjectival namings, if you will, uh, in South America. The Strongest out of Bolivia, they're at five points with a plus four goal differential. And goal differential is your top tiebreaker, not head-to-head like in some competitions. And then Caracas out of the Venezuelan capital, they are also at five points and have an even goal differential. And then finally, Atletico Paranaense out of Brazil, they have four points but a negative five goal differential. They're probably, because of that goal differential, looking at getting into third at best. But other than that, anything goes. And the matchup we're going to take a gander at is number three, Caracas, taking on second place currently. The strongest. Uh, These are not teams from the strongest leagues in South America, to be honest. The Primera División in Venezuela, you would probably rank it number nine out of the ten there. Uh, That is what Kick Algorithms does, which is a website that I really make a lot of use of. Uh, They qualified for this event. By finishing as runners-up in last year's Primera División. They have the most domestic league titles of anybody in their country at a dozen. They won it most recently in 2019. But really, this is not a a super behemoth power in the league right now. They're very good, but the 2000s were really their decade, to be honest. Uh, 2020 was their most recent Copa Libertadores appearance, and they finished in third place. They made the quarterfinals once, and that 's the best they 've ever done. They did that in two thousand and nine in this year 's iteration. They have a one, two, and one record with a three and three goal differential. Uh, the top three teams they 've all only conceded three goals. If this team wants to really survive in advance they 've got to find some offense, and they have not been doing it in league play. Uh, they're only uh, in eighth place right now, a little bit below average. Uh, top nine offense, top eight defense. They've really uh, struggled in league this year, to be perfectly honest. One guy that they would really stepping up for them is their team leading scorer, Samson Akinula out of the African country of Benin. He is a 22-year-old striker. Team's current form, they are 2-3-0 and across all competitions. So maybe they're kind of waking up and getting things together finally. And then you have The Strongest. Uh, they play out of uh, the major city of La Paz and are known simply as Tigre. Not, not the Tigers, just singular Tigre, which I really like. Also, fun uh, sort of side note, they're the only club in the world, to uh, anyone's knowledge, I think, that has a battle named after them. Uh, in a war that was called El Chaco War, I will let you Google that up on your own if you want to go down a rabbit trail, uh, there was a battle that they won. And by they, I mean 600 players, staff, and club members joined a specific unit, and then they went out and led the army to victory. And I believe it is now called the Battle of the Strongistas, if I'm getting my pronunciation right. Footy-wise, this league is only ranked one notch higher within Conmebol by kick algorithms, so not a very strong one. This team also has 12 uh, domestic league titles last time they won one was the Apertura stage of 2016 2014 and 2017 they made the champions league group stage they qualified for this year's version as the number three league finisher uh, in this event they've got a one two and one record with a seven to three goal differential they're really the only team that is scoring super well to be honest i think they're even outdoing libertad In domestic league play this year, they are number one in their group and uh, in second place overall in the Apertura stage. They are divided into two groups over there for regular season play. Uh, In their group, they've got the number one offense and the number one defense going. They're the only one, in fact, that is allowing uh, less than one goal per match. Although, in fairness, uh, Group A is that they're in is the lower scoring of the two groups and by quite a bit, quite frankly. Uh, Tied for number three in event scoring, by the way, Guy i want you to look for is martin prost he's an argentinian striker veteran 33 years old form this team is doing okay lately one one and one but the goal differential looks better they've got six and two going for them in their last three matches
1: and match number 10 we're done finally
0: and finally, we get to a pretty and truly major trophy person, Oop. It is time for the Europa League Vinyl. This is the secondary tournament within Europe. It falls between the Champions League, talking to our newer listeners, of course, and the new Europa Conference League, the Tertiary International Club Tournament. A lot of the teams that are in this qualified by finishing oh anywhere from 2nd to 6th place. Let's say in their various leagues across the continent, as well as a lot of the stronger countries FA Cup winners from last year qualified directly for this event. Your final is going to be on Paramount Plus and on TUDN at three o'clock Eastern time in the U.S. And it pits Eintracht Frankfurt against Rangers out of Germany and Scotland, respectively. They're going to play this out in Seville, Spain. Uh, We will talk about Frankfurt first As they are the home team on paper It is a little bit smaller city than I would have thought Just because I feel like I'm so familiar With the name Uh, 800,000 People but it is the fourth largest in Germany And uh, or maybe in their State take that with a grain of salt In any case it is in the central southeast Part of the country and just a Fun fact has one of the world's busiest Airports they just have more direct Flights to more places than just about Anywhere which sort of Goes against the idea that it's not a super Major metro area, kind of fun Uh, They are known as the Eagles, they've only Ever won their own domestic league title Once, and that was all the way back in 1959 Uh, They finished in second place in what is now The Champions League in 1959 60 season, they've won This title one time, it wasn't called the Europa League at the time, but it was the secondary Tournament, they won that in 1980 they qualified for this event by finishing in fifth place last year the top flight in Germany, the Bundesliga. Uh, this is uh, the best they've ever done domestically in the 21st century, anyway. Is a fifth place finish, so they, you know, they're uh, not used to these rarefied errors. I think I said that once already this show, but it's a phrase I like. In any case, in the semifinals, they beat West Hampton out of the Premier League in England three to one on aggregate to advance, tied for number four in event scoring. Possible man of the match candidate, Daichi Kamada out of Japan. He's a midfielder with 16 national team caps. Uh, the 2021 22 Bundesliga season, they are in fifth place right now. Uh, the offense, they do quite well, thank you. They score over twice per match. The defense, is well within the bottom half of the league, though. So they give up a lot on defense to score those goals. Uh, more possible men of the match candidates. Uh, the second-best league scorer that is theirs, Andre Silva out of Portugal. He's a striker with almost 50 national team caps. And then they've also got the second-best guy in the league in terms of assists in Philip Kostic. He is a Serbian Winger, I believe he was born in uh, what at the time was Yugoslavia has a couple dozen national team caps as well so these guys are all stars and then we do have a USA connection here we've been waiting on the whole podcast outside of our actual US matches Timothy Chandler he is a German born right back who has repped for the US before In fact, between 2011 and 2016, he made almost 30 national team caps. I gather that he's rather off their radar now. The teams form in their last three there, 1-1-1 across all competitions. And now Rangers, the Teddy Bears. I still have yet to learn why that's one of their nicknames, but I still enjoy it. And this is... I'm not a journalist, I'm just a personality, so I'll just say Rangers is one of my favorite teams. They've got a strongly Protestant fan base, and uh, that leans into my background. So go Rangers. No offense for anybody who's rooting for Frankfurt. Uh, They play out of Glasgow, and uh, they play specifically in uh, the town or suburb of uh, Govan. Historically, the city is a world shipbuilding center, but that has really fallen off in recent decades Uh, 55 league titles to their credit, this is one of the oldest clubs in the world So they have had lots of time to build those up Uh, But the one that they won last year was their first time in a decade Uh, Celtic have really been dominating them through the 2010s They finished in second place in the now Europa League, back in 2007 2008, right before they changed the name, 2005 2006 season, they made the Champions League round of 16. That's the best that they've done in the modern era. And then last year, uh, they were they. Let me try that again. Last year, they made one of their three Europa League round of 16 appearances. So this is a little farther than they've been getting of late. Uh, they qualified uh, by dropping down, of course, from the Champions League. They lost in the third qualifying round there. To advance to the final, they beat Leipzig out of the Bundesliga 3-2 to two on aggregate. Really good two-legged tie between those two. Number one event-leading scorer belongs to this team. He's got seven goals. James uh, Tavernier, he is an English right back. It almost seems unfair to call him a right back. When you're scoring that many goals, you're playing up. You're some kind of midfielder. In any case, that's all about the formations. Uh, Let's see here. This team is going to finish the 2021-22 Scottish Premier League in second place. There's nothing that they can do to really change that. Uh, Celtic have won, but nobody else is close to those two. This is the ninth-ranked league, by the way, in all of UEFA. They have really been making climbs lately because of the success of those specific two clubs. Uh, Right now, they've got the second-best offense and defense going. No real surprise they're out of that league. Uh, Tied for second-best in league scoring for them, Alfredo Morelos out of Colombia plays striker for him, and he's a guy who's a star in his own right, burgeoning one. He's got 11 national team caps to his credit since 2018. And we have another USA connection. James Sands uh, plays out of NYC FC. He's a midfielder, 21 years old. He is over here on loan, but they have given them the option to buy him. So you wonder if he'll ever come back from Europe, unless maybe in the twilight of his career. Team's current form, they have won three straight, been absolutely on fire and are my biased favorites to win this match because they have won those three with an astounding 9-1 and one goal differential. Bring forth... The Bonus Matches! Bonus Matches! Brought to you by, well, you. You get to vote on these and decide what they're going to be. If you're not familiar, Soccer Noob USA is my handle on Twitter. You can find the polls that I put up at the beginning of every single week and help determine what the content is going to be. It is absolutely dreamy. The first of our three Bonus Matches is a Sunday match, and it is one that we call the...
1: Route. Route, route, route of, 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 of the week, 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 week.
0: And you have selected one from Kazakhstan, the Premier League there. They're almost halfway through the season. This is sort of one of the summer leagues over in Europe. Uh, They get the minimum. They're not ranked super high overall in the uh, European coefficients. They get one team to the Champions League on one end of things. And then on the other end of the poll, two teams will get relegated. Kicked out, never to be heard from again. Well, unless they can climb back up from the second division. And the first versus last place matchup that you have selected is no longer a first versus last place match. It changed from the time I scouted it to the time that I actually did the recording. Nevertheless, it still should be a blowout. Number 14, last place, Mokterol taking on now number four. Uh, Caspi Aktau. They were number one, but the other teams ahead of them have all played since uh, since the time I scouted it. So they now have a match in hand and with a win would go right back into first place. Here's how the table looks. Mokteral trailed number 10, Aksu, by six. That is the point of safety for them. They've got to climb up two notches. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Caspi Aktau, they lead number B, Taraz, by one point in the table. Makhtaral is also the name of the town they're from, or actually, it's a district in the Turkestan region, it has about 300,000 people. It's in the far south central part of the country and borders on to Uzbekistan which plays, interestingly, in the Asian League. I've always been a little bit surprised Kazakhstan is in the European one because I think that's considered one of those transcontinental countries. I could be wrong. Anyway, they were founded just 10 years ago, and this is their second time that they've been able to make an, an appearance in the Premier League. Last year, they finished in second place in the second division and got re-promoted again. This year, looking like they're going to go right back down. They've got the worst offense, scoring only uh two goals every three matches on average, and then the worst defense, giving up almost two per game. They do have one guy playing pretty darn well for them. The team-leading scorer, Artyom Razgoniuc. He is from Moldova. He plays defender which tells you how this team is doing when your defender's your leading scorer. But you know, this is a guy that can get it done. He's got 13 national caps since 2017. Team's current form, they are 0-2-2 in their last four with a minuscule 1-3 and three goal differential. They're learning that they might have to play small ball to have anything smacking of success, it looks like. Uh, coming to disabuse them of that notion, though, is... Uh, We're simply going to call them Caspi. They play out of the city of Actow. They are known as the Sailors, and I really love their crest. It's got the top part of a lighthouse uh, right on top. I love those. Uh, The first word from their name, Caspi, is taken from the Caspian Sea, as Actow is a port city right on it. It's in the far southeast part of the country. That's about 200,000 people. Uh, Interesting side note for this town. I always look for something. They've got almost no street names whatsoever. They don't... They don't do their urban planning the same way as anywhere else. Uh, The addresses for everything are simply three sets of numbers. So you want to get anywhere, give somebody directions, send mail. You've got to know three different sets of numbers to be able to get it there and fairly long sets of numbers. The reason for this is this was originally a planned community, a grid pattern uh, for an oil workers camp town. So it was really all you were going to need. Now, this is not their first time playing in Division I, but they were pre-promoted Division I in 2019. So it's interesting that they're doing so well now. They had been down in the second division or below uh, prior to 2019 for a stretch going all the way back to 2001. Uh, 1996 was the best they ever did in uh, the top flight. They finished in fourth place. Last year, they finished in eighth. Uh, they've got the, uh, this year, they've got the seventh best offense overall, uh, overall is all, boy, I should have thought of a different way to phrase that. They barely scored more than one goal per match. Their defense is only fifth best, although they do only give up one goal on the dot per game. It's only good for the uh, number seven goal differential overall. To be perfectly honest, I'm not predicting a Mack draw victory by any means but I don't think this is a team that's going to be able to hold on to the top spot. So it might not be the worst thing in the world to consider this a candidate for a possible upset, especially since Caspi is on the road. Uh, on the scoring leaderboard, they've got a guy, Ruan Teles, out of Brazil, forward, 24 years old. He played really briefly for Maritimo, one of the weaker teams in the Portuguese top flight. Team's current form, they are 3-3 three and three in their last six And uh, it's been a win-loss, win-loss pattern for them the whole way through. Could you be the most meaningless meaningless match in the world? Yes, you could. could. You're so boring. (laughs) Two teams smack dab in the middle of their table, so far from the glory of trophies, so safe from relegation. Who else is going to celebrate teams that are smack dab in the middle of the table other than us? Your friends here at Team Noob. And the match you selected for most meaningless matches, another Sunday match, and we're off to Finland once again. We won't pull back Noobstradamus for another drug-addled vision. Goodness uh, goodness knows what he would have for a uh, vision when he's on his come down from his smoked herb. Good night. We'll simply give you a straight up preview for it. We like celebrating these teams because no other podcast is going to be talking about them. The Finland Vykhausliga, that's the name of the men's league. The matchup we're going to look at is number eight, Ilve, uh, and they are playing host to number nine, IFK Mariham. This is a league. It's another one of the European Summer Leagues, of course. So as such, they don't tend to be the highest rated leagues on the continent. They only send their champions to the Champions League. They will get three teams out of league play into the Europa Conference League, though. Uh, One team is going to get relegated. One team will have to play in a relegation playoff match. And that doesn't really matter for these two teams, but it's just interesting to know. These two particular teams are tied in the table right now. Uh, Ilves have it better on – Ilve, I should say. The S is silent. They have it a little better on goal differential. They trailed number four. That would be the last of the ECL berths. Inter Turku by two points. Meanwhile, Mariham, they lead number 11, SJK. That's the team that's in the RPO, the relegation playoff match slot, by four points. So while that's not a lot of points, there's also a lot of teams to leapfrog. It's early in the season and a lot could happen, but we take things as they come. The series between these two has been very even in recent seasons. Mariham have had a slight edge with a 9-4-8 and eight record. Ilve is looking to – Ilve, rather, looking to – Match that up. It's not a team I could root for. They're known as the Lynx, which I don't have a problem with as a mascot. But if you were to Google up, it's I-L-V-E-S, Google up their crest. It is a close-up, if you will, uh, view of a drawing of a Lynx that, I guess, that looks like it woke up on the wrong side of the bed every day for about 10,000 years. It is absolutely ghastly and frightening, and I will have no part of it. It is nightmare fuel. Uh, the full name of the club is is Tamparin Il Nace, and they play out of the city of Tampara. I think I'm getting the pronunciation right. It looks a little bit different. In any case, it's a metro area of about 300,000 people. It is the third biggest city in the country, and it is the largest inland city in all of the Nordic countries. Also, fun fact, uh, they have the most public saunas per capita in the world. And that's a really big deal because the sauna culture is one of the reasons a lot of sociologists and other scientists uh, have come to find that this is, in many ways that you can measure it, the happiest country on Earth. Now, getting into the footy for them. They've won the league title one time before. That was back in 1993. They didn't even have a men's team from 1999 through 2007. They were through a lot of financial issues. They have made two Europa League appearances in the last four years. Both times they fell right out in the first qualifying round. Last year, they finished in fifth place in the league. This year, the offense is a little bit above average. The defense is a fair bit below average. It all balances out to them having the number seven goal differential. Uh, tied for number one in league scoring here fairly early on a Very young man, Kai Mariluoto He's a left winger, 19 years old uh, Despite the name, yes, he is a native of Finland He is on loan from a different team called Klubi04 K-L-U-B-I Which is a reserve team for HJK One of the Finnish powerhouses The reserve team plays in the third tier And then tied for second best in assists on the year so far in the league Is Ariel Thierry I practiced this a couple of times. I'm still going to get nowhere close. Nguiukam, N-G-U-E-U-K-A-M. Did you all know that before you voted for it? That I would be finding that name? Probably not, but I'm still going to put the blame on you. I shake my fist and waggle my finger, which doing it at the same time looks really weird. You should try it. Anyway, he's out of Cameroon. That got odd. Plays center forward, 33 years old, but he spent virtually all of his career right here in Finland. Uh, as far as the team's form, they uh, they just lost 1-2 to to HJK. No shame in that. That snapped a two-match winning streak and a three-match unbeaten streak. And now your equally meaningless team, Mariham. They are known as the Islanders because... Mariham, if you don't know, is the capital of Oland. It's spelled A-L-A-N-D, but the A's got one of those diacritical marks, so it changes the pronunciation. Uh, the Oland Islands, which uh, the city hosts about 12,000 people. This is an area. These are a bunch of islands off the uh, southwest coast of the country. It is demilitarized, is largely autonomous. It's about a 100-mile ferry ride. You can get to either Stockholm, Sweden, or you can get to Turku, uh, one of the coastal cities of Finland. Interestingly, despite the fact that this is part of Finland, ninety percent of the people there are Swedish speaking and in fact, it's the only official language there in this autonomous territory. I'm not I would you can go down your own rabbit trail to find out why I might sometime to find out why this area is Swedish. I have a feeling it used to specifically be in a political sense. But on the field, they have one league title. They won that in 2016. They went on to the Champions League but lost at the entry point of the second qualifying round. They've made two Europa League appearances. Those were in the 2010s. They were out in the first qualifying round both times. Last year, they finished in 10th place, so this is a bit of a climb up for them so far. This year, they are surviving one point at a time. They are 1-4-1, already have a mess of draws. Uh, the offense is not serving well. They're not even managing a goal per match. They're near the bottom in that regard, but they're in the top four in defense. So I think that that alone might be able to hold them in the middle of the standings throughout the year. They have no one on their team with multiple goals, so I'm not even going to give you some player of the match candidate to look for. After all, it is meaningless. And the team's current form, they are 1-1-1 one, one, one in their last three with a 3-6 and six goal differential. And at long last, we come to the true end of our podcast road, the third bonus match, the 13th match of the show. So appropriate for the match of...
2: disappointment.
0: Yes, and you have selected a Sunday match. These are two bottom feeders from some top flight in the world. Here's the way I tend to do this. When it's from... Uh, When it's from a bigger league with teams that uh, y'all might be somewhat familiar with Tend to spend most of the time uh, poking a little bit more gentle or not so gentle fun at them And why they're so awful When it's from a country like the one that you've chosen this time We just tend to make it more part of our learning journey But nevertheless, these are two very disappointing teams And yes, I am trying to get that word in the dictionary You have selected a Sunday match from the regional. I hope I'm getting the French right Regional one league of French Guiana. Ooh, tre chic of you to pick something like that. It's a really interesting soccer scenario for French Guiana. Um, obviously, they are a French foreign territory, so they send their uh, champions to the Coupe de France. They are on uh, their country is part of mainland South America, but they are not members of CONMEBOL. They are members of CONCACAF, our region, despite being part of mainland South America, but they haven't bothered to send a team to any of our international competitions since 1992. It's all very strange. I don't pretend to understand the why of it, but maybe someday when I am not so noob. As far as the league, uh, all the clubs are anywhere from six to ten matches into the double round robin season. Uh, The league is divided into two groups. Two teams from each are going to get relegated, and then the third-to-last team in each group will have to play in a relegation playoff match to try to stay up. The match we're going to look at are the two worst from one of the groups. They're not both the very worst teams, but they're right down there. Number eight, EF Kobo versus number seven, St. George. They play in group B, which has eight teams. The other one has nine. St. George currently lead Kobo by five, and the two of them trail, or rather not the two of them, but St. George trails the next three Teams above them by three Points there's a lot of fluidity With this league or there's going to be because of the Number of matches in hand some teams Have St. George is one of those that May not be in another match of Disappointing ever again at Least this year but time will tell In any case, we will talk about Irocobo first. It is a commune, which is essentially a city or town, of about 2,000. Uh, Something that I found that was really fun about it, and there wasn't much I could find about it at all, is that nearby there is a nearly abandoned village. A few people still live there. It's called, I'm going to pronounce it, uh, Tro Poisson, T-R-O-U. I'm pretty sure the Poisson. And it has a cemetery there of deported priests from the French Revolutionary Era. If that doesn't sound like you could write a high-concept uh, vampire or some kind of other horror movie about it, I, I, have a, I fancy myself as a burgeoning scriptwriter. So if I ever decide to go into horror, which is a good place to start, I think I'm going to go to the village of Tro Poisson, Particularly once I learned to pronounce it correctly. The team has no wins, 0 1 and 9. Maybe they're fielding the dead priests, just rolling them out there. They've got a 9 and 41 goal differential. Well, if they scored nine times, then it's probably not zombies necessarily. Their defense, so that offense is bad enough, but the, the defense is more than two times worse than anybody else in their group. The uh, team score informed, they have lost eight straight. Uh, they drew to uh, one of the worst teams in their group, Oyapak. Two to two earlier in the season. That was their one point. And then Oyapa got revenge and beat them 10-0 in return. Ouch. Let's move on to St. George after that kind of pain. They play out of the capital city of Cayenne. Uh, Interesting note, where Cayenne is now established and uh, where the would-be colonizers from Spain first arrived, found this area so devoid of the natural resources they were looking for and just so generally poor that they actually passed up on colonizing it. The Spanish got there first, not the French, but they decided to leave with some for somebody else. Mm, pass. Uh, six league titles to their credit, but they haven't won one in 20 years. They made, uh, they've made they made seven Coupe de France appearances, though, including in 2019-2020. So somebody that beat them for the league title must not have been eligible. And that was their first appearance in 20 years. Last year, they finished in sixth place, although the season was cut short, presumably due to COVID. Uh, this year, they are 2-2-4 two, two, on the year with a 9-19 nine goal differential. Uh, the defense is uh, bad, and yet it's more or less in line with some of the other clubs. This is a, a low-defense league, if you will, which makes make it fun to watch, but good luck finding an internet stream on it. Uh, the offense is almost twice as bad as any other club in the league other than, of course, uh, Irokobu. Their form in their last three, 0-1-2, with a 4-11 goal differential, Woof. We would wish them both the best of luck cuz they've been very interesting to learn about but that is not our way. For being at the bottom of your standings currently, instead we will send you off, bad teams in our traditional fashion. It was bad. It was awful. It was dead. away. Hey, boo. boo. And that'll put a bow on episode 83 of Soccer New Rock in America featuring Person New. Thank you so much daughter years for joining me on the fun. I always appreciate your efforts. I also appreciate the efforts and want to thank the management for all of his editing and production wizardry to Dan, my former interno inferno whose creative efforts and inspirations still truly remain on fire. And thank you to you, the listener, for sticking it out. We appreciate you listening to us. We know you got a lot of choices out there. We work hard to uh, really endeavor to bring you something uh, unique that uh, maybe no other podcast in the world is doing this for a reason, but I'd like to think that we're doing something that nobody else is. If you liked it, know somebody who might enjoy it, we'd appreciate it if you would pass it on to your footy-minded friends. Until we can do it again in a few days, please have yourself a fabulous footy week. Take care.